98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. We are at the turn on the Burns and Gambo show. Halfway home on this Thursday afternoon, the 4 o'clock reset. Here's where we go and just kind of stop for a minute. Take a look around. Tell you everything that's going on in the world of sports completely. Everything you need to know right here. We're going to start it with a Cardinals injury update as the team is back on the practice field today, though they did not, have not released their injury report yet for Thursday. According to Pro Football Network's Aaron Wilson, running back James Conner is expected to miss this Sunday's game in Seattle with a rib injury. Again, we don't have the injury report yet. When we get it, we'll pass it along. Yesterday, Cliff was vague about Darrell Williams, but you and others have reported that Williams probably won't play in the game. No, Connor, things start to get real thin on that wide receiver room. Yeah, what I heard on James Connor is that it would be a stretch for him to play. Okay. That's all I can tell you is what I'm hearing is that it would be a stretch for him to play this week. So you would imagine, you know, Benjamin is your one, Keontae is your two, and then one of those guys off the practice squad, your three. I said wide receiver room. I obviously meant running back room. Yes, it gets a little thin. Here's your uh, over-unders that we set yesterday without James Connor right, here we go. for Eno Benjamin. Let's go. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Carries 16.5. I'm going to go under. Rush yards 74.5. I'll go under. Okay. Okay. So I'll go a little bit under. Okay. I think the USC kid's going to get a chance here, too. Okay. Why are you going over? I haven't decided yet. Okay. I haven't decided yet. Okay. Oh, no, no. I'm the, look, I'm the odds maker. No, you're just, I, no, I'm yeah. the book. Does, I, does I, the book never bat? No, the book just sits oh, back the book and counts the cash. All right, all right. <laughs> the, book, the book just sits back and lets suckers like Remember, you're talking to the non-degenerate gambler of the show. <laughs> That's true. No, this is, how, this is how stupid. Just really quick. So we go to the Blois the Cole concert, right? And it's at the it's at the casino. And I'm like, you know, when the show's over, it's like, uh, like you know, we're, we're the, you want to play like slots? I'm like, uh, $20 each, that's all I'm doing, because I hate this. I hate this. I, like, me and Chelsea, we lost $20 each in about four seconds. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Like, like I'm not doing this. Like, like I gave her the money. And, like, just, like, go ahead. And, like, honestly, like, four seconds later, you press the button ten times, and your $20 is gone. We'll get to the baseball in a minute. Another tease of hard knocks in-season drop today. Boy, this is going to be really interesting given the state of this football team to watch this show. This one highlighted J.J. Watt and Rondell Moore. Okay. No. What's wrong? Got a ball. What happened? Did it hit your hands? Oh, yeah. Nope, that's that's your job description. That's going to be tough, you know. Okay. It's fine. Is it Wednesday or is it Sunday? Be pissed about it. Stay after. Catch a few extra balls. And then catch you on Sunday. Yeah. You know how many times I've been knocked on my in my career? You get back up and you go out there and you catch the next one. <laughs> JJ needs some oxygen. <laughs> he does, sir. My like, God. Oh my God. I'm sweating from my forehead just hit listening to JJ Watt. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to yeah. take a breather here. Looking forward to hard knocks in season. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about the state of the team when they actually air, but I'm looking forward to hard knocks in season. To America's pastime, let's start with the most recent Ugh. game first let's and then work our way backwards. Let's not say we did. Uh, we're required to let's, by law. 
Dot and say we did. Mariners Astros just went final. Houston wins four two. They're up two games to none in the series. Can they, they not just... pitch to your Don Alvarez anymore? Just don't pitch to him. He like literally stop pitching to him. You're up today. two to one in the game. It's the bottom of the sixth, and Alvarez hits Alvarez hits a two run single, and then Bregman. Oh God, I can't stand Bregman. A two run homer for Alvarez. two run homer for Alvarez. Yeah, yeah. And then Bregman has a single that scores uh, Pena to make it four two, and the Astros win the game four to two. And they had Castillo on the I, mound I was just today. Say, and Castillo pitching set this up with their main guy to pitch uh, in this game, and his he numbers good. He numbers good. are fought three mm. runs, seven strikeouts, no walks, and seven innings. You only gave it five hits. I mean, that's the that's the line score of a guy who's going to win a game, but not today, and not for a Mariners offense that was real, real, real quiet this afternoon. Only five hits, only two runs for the Mariners. Also tonight, it was supposed to be game two of the Guardians and the Yankees. That game has been postponed. It will now be played tomorrow. So I think that means if it goes the full five, four straight games in four straight days in wow. that series because of the rain delay. So no more baseball today. That That's it. The National League has the day off. Now last night, Braves tied their series with the Phillies. They got a 3 nothing win. Kyle Wright pitched real, real well last he night. Had a, he had a great game. He was fantastic. But I mean, shut them down over six innings. He only gave up two hits and a walk. And they win that game. They shut them out three. Three nothing. They even that best of series. That best of five series. One one. Yeah, Zach Wheeler three earned runs, five strikeouts in his six innings. Uh, but Wright was very very good. His second career postseason start in which he threw six scoreless and allowed three or fewer hits, tied for the most in Braves history. Neither John Smoltz nor Greg Maddox ever had such a game in their postseason career. Yeah. I didn't know that. Till he's I got a great. Today. He's got a really good curveball. He, he was very sure good does. last night. And then San Diego beat the Dodgers last night, 5-3, evening that series, one game apiece. The bullpen was terrific for San Diego. The defense was terrific for San Diego in that game. The defense was fantastic, and I'll tell you, good job by Bob Melvin, right? Making sure that he got Darvish out at the right time, and then you get that big double play right there. And even like the defense on both sides, I mean, it was this incredible bunt that that Grisham laid down, and Gratterall off the mound, picks it up, barehanded, throws to the plate, gets the guy on the squeeze. It was just, it was a fun game to watch, but made it more fun that the Padres won and they evened that thing up 1-1. All right, from the playoffs to opening day, the Arizona Coyotes just started the season, or they're just about to start the season as they take on the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Vibelka's in goal. That one you can hear on the Arizona Sports app, as well as ESPN 620 AM and 98.7 FM yeah. HD2. No Dylan Gunther tonight. He's going to play the second game. He will not play tonight. We had Bill Armstrong, the GM, on the show earlier, so the rookie... He's not going to get. Uh, he's not going to play in this first game. We'll keep you updated on that game when they start. They're about to in uh, just a few minutes. Then from the NFL, big investigative piece today on ESPN.com about Commanders owner Dan Snyder, and the story basically paints this picture that Snyder's got so much alleged dirt on everybody else in the NFL. This is the reason why the NFL hasn't forced Dan Snyder to sell his team because he basically has this dossier on everybody that says, hey, you push me out, I'm going to tell everybody everything they about you. They 
went blank with me, he said privately, is what it's being reported at. Um, yeah, listen, I mean, wh- whether this is true or not, I don't know. He's 57 years old. He's owned the team since he was 34. So he's had the team for 23 years. Apparently, he's got a lot of stuff on Jerry Jones of the Cowboys. <laughs> and it was even a piece on here about him, like, imploding that Michael, that, that the Bidwells got a Super Bowl over him when he first took over the ownership group. Yeah, his bid for the 2008 Super Bowl was considered a long shot. His main competition were the Bidwells, uh, who were building the stadium in Glendale. Um, the, the Bidwells beloved among the owners. The owners were excited about the new venue in the desert. But apparently, after the Bidwells in Arizona won in a secret ballot, Snyder began, quote, yelling at everybody, close quote, angrily telling owners that they had made a big mistake. Other owners were floored. He got off on the wrong foot. And pretty much nothing's changed since then, according to one anonymous source with the story. Yeah, that is, uh, yeah, that's fascinating. Now, listen, we, there's a little bit of a, of a, of a platelet on, on how to get an owner out if he's had a lot of problems. And obviously, there is a lot of things that get tied to Daniel Schneider, uh, Daniel Snyder and Washington with lawsuits and allegations of a toxic culture and sexual harassment and misdeeds and all of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of a template on if you want to get an owner out, how you could do it without having the other owners involved. Well, sure. The Phoenix Suns are prime example number one of that. It's just a question of is there enough pressure behind the scenes that the NFL can put on Snyder? Because I imagine that's been going on for a while. Any Advertisers, sponsors, sure. players. I mean, sure. there's a way to do it without getting the other owners involved. In a perfectly timed story, by the way, and no doubt this is not a coincidence. Thursday Night Football tonight, the Commanders take on the Bears. A perfectly timed story set to release on the day the Commanders are on national TV. Or at least national streaming, however we're calling it. That's a terrible game. Oh my god, it's just... Ugh. That is a terrible game. Ugh. I think I saw Al Michael said, if I have another game like that, I'm going to retire, like from last week. <laughs> oh, and this just came in, according to Michael A. Scotto of Hoopsype. The Phoenix Suns have waived guard Saban Lee. He was the Corona kid yeah. that they had signed. Who was Good with him? The he got to play in a game and yeah. you know, with them and everything. But uh, yeah, you would didn't, didn't think that he was going to have a chance. No. They just needed some bodies to play last night. Didn't think that he was going to either. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, some of the biggest overachievers in the NFL. As it turns out, two of them are playing this weekend. We'll tell you who next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons, 2 till 6, on the Arizona Sports app. Overachievers, underachievers. It's, it's saw a lot of those stories today. Which are you? Huh? Which are you? Oh, I'm an overachiever. You're an overachiever? I'm an overachiever. Okay. Which are you? <laughs> Do you have to ask? Well, you asked me. Yeah, I was just asking what you thought you were. Like, for me, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> Like, mine's pretty easy. <laughs> well, okay. Who the hell's going to admit to being an underachiever? Mitch? No, I mean, really. Like, who's going to sit there and, and say, you know what? I'm actually kind of an underachiever. I'm a slacker. I really don't get a lot done. I'm kind of lazy. Really, not, not really motivated. I really don't do a lot. Madison I don't, Bumgarner? I don't have any goals. Mm. I mean, like, who's... What, 
the, the question itself is, which one are you? And over, well, there's a lot of people out there like, that's me. Yeah, I'm lazy. But yeah. they don't admit it. They don't say it out loud. Certainly not on a radio show where thousands and thousands of people are listening. They can say it to themselves. That's me. I'm an underachiever. I mean, in the car, you might go, yeah, I'm kind of an underachiever. But you don't mm. say it out loud when people are listening. In front of your boss, too. In front of your boss. <laughs> yeah, your boss just walked in. The perfect time. Had all but these no, goals I just, when I was 20. I didn't even but, accomplish any but, of them. you know, your arrogance is just awesome because it's just like assume that you're an overachiever, but you have to ask me the question, which one I am. That's fantastic. Well, like you wanted to be a movie producer uh, or a director uh, or a lawyer. Are yes. you going to be a lawyer? Yes. Like, Dad, I, I don't know. I maybe you feel like you underachieve. You have to work with me every day. successful career, you know. You've got a very I, successful think, career. Yeah. You know, I, I hope. But, but yeah, Gambo, of course. Of course you're an overachiever. What else would you be? Yeah, like I wasn't supposed to be anything. <laughs> There was, no, there was no hopes for me. Anyway, I just noticed a bunch of stories today about who's underachieving, who's overachieving, yeah. who's been better than we thought, who's been worse than we thought. There were a lot of worse than we thought stories, tons uh, worse than we thought stories today, by the way. But in terms of guys who are better than we thought they would be, um, two of them are meeting up this week in this game yeah, I love this. on Sunday. Yeah. Hollywood Brown on the Cardinals side and Geno Smith on the Seahawks side. Now, this, uh, Geno Smith, I'll give you. Are we surprised that Hollywood Brown has been as good as we he's did, been? You know, the only thing, the only negative we knew about him is they dropped a lot of passes. Um, and he played, you know, he played with a quarterback who wasn't very accurate in throwing the ball down the field. But since he's been with Kyla Murray, he, he's been fantastic. He, he, 55 targets and 38 receptions are career highs, okay, through the first five games of his season. He's on pace to break his previous season career highs in every single receiving statistic this year. Targets, receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. Downs. I mean, he's on pace for a fantastic year. And then you look at his NFL rank. He's second in the NFL in targets. Now, that will change, right, when Hopkins comes sure, back. Sure, But this is what we expected when they got him. Like, you know, they needed a main target guy, and and he's second. He's fourth in receptions. He's sixth in yards. He's fifth in receiving touchdowns with three. He has been everything that we thought he would be. Now, again, when Hopkins comes back, some of these numbers will change, but they were going to very much rely on him to carry the load with Hopkins out. But again, I guess that's my point, is that I, I don't define somebody who is, quote, everything we thought he was going to be, close quote, as an overachiever. You know, this is kind of what we thought. This, you see what I'm saying? I mean, like, like Gino's a true overachiever. Nobody thought he true. was going to do this. Right. Okay. It's all about expectations and where you set the level when you go into the season. What, what do you think it's going to be? I thought Hollywood Brown was going to be great. I, I, I'm I'm not surprised. Did you think by he could be this. a number one wide receiver? Yes. That's what they're pointing out. Yes, they, I did. Because that's what they're pointing out. Like he could be a number one receiver. I, I thought that. You gave up a first round pick. He better be right. I mean, you're going to pay him what twenty million dollars a year? Hopefully, if everything goes right, he better be. He better be putting up numbers like this. It's it's one thing. I'm not, and I'm not saying he hasn't been great. In fact, that's kind of the point. He has been great. I expected him to be great. Even I, though Baltimore was trading him. Yes. Like it was yes. this isn't the Raiders yes. trading him. Yes, one hundred percent. This is the Baltimore because Ravens saying, you know what? We'll take a first round pick, you can have him. We talked about this all off season. I expected him to be great for two reasons. Number one, Kyler was throwing him the ball. Mm-hmm. And Kyler's better with the deep ball than Lamar Jackson is, and Kyler's got the relationship with him back to Oklahoma. They've known each other. There's built in instant just add water chemistry. So that's number one. And number two is because it didn't have D Hop for the first six weeks, so they were going to over rely on D- on on Hollywood Brown and their offense to perform. None of this are you? Uh, none of this surprises me. 
none of this surprises me what Hollywood Brown's doing right now. Uh, And so for me, that doesn't fit the definition of an overachiever, you know, because he's kind of on a pace that you thought he would be. Yeah. I I mean, look, okay. Because his his, his pace right now is like 129 receptions for 1400 plus yards. Now, now if you frame it that way, did I think he was going to have. And I think eventually he'll cool off when D-Hop comes back. He will. That's not going to... 129 receptions yeah. is probably not going to hold up. But so far through five games that I think he'd be... Yeah, so he's going to be Basically, pretty good. he's been what you thought he would be. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Maybe a little better? A little bit? Uh, just a smidge. Okay. Not enough to put him on a list like this. Okay. You know, not enough to put him on the same list as Geno Smith, because Geno Smith is like, this is the freak show. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, this, mean, is, this is a different realm, right? This is something else that we didn't expect They at did all. a great job on this piece when they compared Geno Smith to Russell Wilson. So instead of just saying, hey, Geno Smith's having a great year, he's overachieving, he's got nine, they actually actually broke it down. They said, side by side, here's him against Russell Wilson. Completion percentage, Geno Smith 75.2, Russell Wilson 59.4. Mitch you may not want to listen to this segment. You can leave the room as the producer. You can leave the room. Passing yards per game. Geno Smith, 261. Russell Wilson, 250. Mitch, get back in here, please. Touchdowns to interceptions. Thank you. Geno Smith, nine touchdowns to two interceptions. Russell Wilson, only four touchdowns to three interceptions. Passer rating. Geno Smith, 113.2. Russell Wilson, 82.8. He's going to be, and this just happens. We've done it here with guys in Arizona all the time. When Justin Upton left, you know, let's compare Martin Prado to Justin Upton. It happens. They're, but they're going to compare Geno Smith to Russell Wilson all year long. And it's crazy. It may sound crazy, but it's very possible at the end of the year, Geno Smith has a better year than Russell Wilson. Who would have thunk that? Nobody. That's overachieving. That's overachieving. That's overachieving. That, that's, that's a guy, that's a guy from New York who grew up in the mafia and who thought he was going to be a cop and ended up backing into a career in print media only to become one of the more successful talk show hosts in Arizona history. That's what that is. Mm. That's a, that's that's that's, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a real over that's a real overachiever. Hollywood Brown is is just and then marrying that Chandler High girl. Oh well, that, I mean, that's, too. Her yeah, too. So that's, yeah. that's overachieving. Uh, underperformers. Well, yeah. Where do you want to start? Oh, let's. Uh, I'm not I mean, saying a word. I'm not saying a word. You're, Tell him, God. I'm not going <laughs> to say a word. Here. Go ahead. What do you got on the underachiever list, Bernsey? Well, I got Russell Wilson. Oh, he's been a big underachiever. I got Matt Ryan. He's definitely underachieved. Baker Mayfield. Well, Baker's been terrible. Plus, he's going to be out now for a while. Carson Wentz. Yeah, he, he just—he's the—he's the ultimate underachiever. Like everywhere he goes, everywhere he goes. You get Carson Wentz, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. He just keeps getting chances too. This is it. This is his last chance. Allen Robinson. Oh my God, what a disaster he's that, been for the Rams. He has been a disaster. I loved him in Chicago. Uh, what I, the heck has happened? Just a disaster. The Bengals' offensive linemen that they signed this offseason. I know. I disaster. thought they were. I know they spent all that money and they got like you thought that they were going to be great. And Chandler Jones. Oh, I was specifically wow. avoiding him. <laughs> the freaking bunk. <laughs> wow. How many sacks does he have? Uh, as many as you have. Yeah. He's got a three-year, $51 million contract. Uh, he's and he hasn't done a damn thing he's for them. He's been a bust Total bust. He has been a bust a palooza. But I'm so glad. Like, like, And I listen, the, the, the spat that me and Chandler Jones had started when I tweeted out that I wouldn't pay a dollar for Chandler Jones to come back this year, okay? And I'm very justified here in in, in my comment. If you go back to how the spat that I had with Chandler Jones um, 
was be, was based over that tweet. He responded to my tweet, and then obviously, how much do you want for the girl in the Abbey? And then he apologized to me. And um, but it started with me saying, "I like, I wouldn't pay for this guy. Like, I don't want this guy back. I wouldn't pay anything to have Chandler Jones back." And that was my belief. I didn't think that he was any good. And through the first five games, the Raiders are kind of thinking the way I I was thinking. Yeah, uh, it's already three nothing. The game just started. The, the, what? The, Wait the, a second. The Penguins Coyotes game literally just started. Hey, it's you're already three nothing. There's no way. No, no it's we're... it is three nothing. <laughs> Penguins have been on power play twice, I believe. They've already been on two power plays and tag it for Bedard. Oh boy, tag it for Bedard, baby. Oh boy. Yep. Yep. Three That's... nothing. Look at that. There Get it your is. Coyotes Bedard jersey now. Valley. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's a. They've played seriously. Oh, they've played five minutes of hockey. They've played four minutes and forty seconds of when, hockey. When do the Bedard jerseys go on sale? <laughs> oh my God! Three nothing. Wow. Okay. Fun. Oh no! We suck again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Get that your was, Bedard jersey that's, now. That's an old drop, but. I haven't heard that one in a while. That was an oldie but a goodie. That that was like that was like having a watching a movie you haven't watched in a long time. You go, man, I love that movie. I love that drop. That's so good. It makes me laugh. I just haven't heard it in a while. I, you know, I was watching uh, Ghostbusters. You know, we do the Keymaster. The oh, key yeah, ma- the Ghostbusters yeah, was on the other day. I'm like, that's where that's from. Oh, you didn't know that's where we- I couldn't remember yeah, the Keymaster. The Keymaster key from the Ghostbusters. Key yeah. At this rate, at the rate this is going, could Jay Crowder still be here when this season starts in less than a week for the Suns? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons, 2 till 6 on the Arizona Sports App. Well, just real quick about the Coyotes. Um, yeah. Losing 3-0 already to the Penguins. If it sounds familiar, and it did to me, that's because it is. They yeah. lost last year to Columbus on opening day 8-2. to Well, what was the next game? They caught, look at the first couple games. Didn't he give up like 10 goals in a game? He Okay. Carter Hutton was the goalie. The uh, Melka started the next game. They lost 2-1 to Buffalo in a shootout. Okay. But then the game after that, 10 goals? They lost to St. Louis 7-4. 7-4, to And okay. Hutton was the goalie. And then that right. was it for Hutton. That was, was like, it for yeah, Never mind. Bye bye. It was like you can't play. Never mind. So if it feels, I, this all felt familiar. I'm like, I think I feel like I've seen this movie before. <laughs> the Coyotes oh. just getting drilled on opening day. It's three nothing. The game's not even ten minutes old. This... Didn't I just watch this? And like, yeah, a year ago, Thursday, October 14th, Coyotes lose to Columbus eight to two. Jeez, this, Almighty. This is by design. <laughs> I hate to say it to you. Oh, I mean, I mean, listen. You want to give Bill some credit? He actually put together a worse team than they had last year. And it's all by design. I mean, I actually read one season preview that said, crazy as it sounds, they won't be the worst team in the NHL. As much as they're trying to be, they won't be the worst team in the NHL. Now, it was just one preview out of like five or six that I read. But they're like, really? I actually think there's a little more there that's going to keep them from being the worst. There is a generational player coming out in in the draft and they are trying to get him. And they're off to a great start. And there he would look so good in those jerseys, uh, too. I know. Oh, those are nice. Get your Bedard jersey now. <laughs> with a Kachina, with a Robo Kachina yeah. on the front. That would look pretty good. All right, let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. Let's turn it back over to Eric. 
Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Roos, what you got today? Well, we're starting off with one that hadn't been tweeted during our first segment, and Burnsy, you already know what the question is, but you haven't answered. If James Conner does not play on Sunday, as has been reported, what are the over-unders? Are you taking over or under on Eno Benjamin? Sorry, let me rephrase that. 16 and a half carries, 74 and a half rushing yards. Over or under for Eno Benjamin this Sunday? So you the under on the carries, the over on the yards. Oh, okay. Taking the under you can on the split it. So you're thinking he's going to break a couple of big ones. Yeah. Okay. Um, the under on the carries, the over on the yards. All right. That's that's my vote. That's how I would. I would be great. That, that means that, he that doesn't have great. a whole lot of carries, but he gets he has a couple of really big runs in there. I Look, I know I keep saying this. Break some tackles. I think Kyler Murray's going to run a lot. I think I think Kyler Murray's going to run a lot in this game. A lot relative to him, and and uh, and maybe I'm just trying to will it into existence. But I think he's going to run a lot early because I think that's the one thing they haven't tried. I, I hope they try that anyway. So is that we we also have another one, right? Uh, yeah, Gambo, you're still going double unders, correct? I'm going double under. Uh, yeah. Over on both is actually the leader in the clubhouse, thirty nine point three percent going over on both. Second place, twenty five percent is under on both. Twenty four percent is under on carries, over on yards, okay. and then the reverse is ten percent. All right. Second question, over to the defense from the offense. Who's been the best player on the Cardinals' defense this season? Out of these four players, Zach Allen, Jalen Thompson, J.J. Watt, and Byron Murphy Jr. I went with Murph. Uh, Murph is the right answer, I think, even though Zach Allen is winning or was winning. Is he still? Oh, he's still winning. In fact, he's gained ground. 57% rolling with Zach Allen. 31.1% going with Byron Murphy Jr. 6% for Watt. 5% for Thompson. All right, some good poll questions out there. Please go find them on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. While you're there, follow us. It's a great way to follow along with the show um, while we're doing it. And Mitch and Eric do a great job with it. At Burns and Gambo, one word is where you can find it. Final 2022 offseason grades for every team. The Suns, and this is from... Um, Bleacher Report. Suns got a C minus for what they did this offseason in adding Jock Landale, Damian Lee, Josh Kogi, um, losing Aaron Holiday, JaVale McGee. It's very close to a D, isn't it? Uh, C minus is very, very close, close to, to a, a D. D. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very close. It's very close to a D. Yeah. We are six days away. From the opener, and we have no resolution on Jake Crowder. No, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't. I mean, I'm just. I'm talking to so many people in the industry, trying to find out what they're hearing, what are they seeing, you know, what's the what's what's going on, and uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, we talked a lot about Jordan Clarkson. I've done a lot of homework on on what could be done. Um, I can, you know, I, I think that you could get Jordan Clarkson for Jay Crowder and a first round pick. I really believe you can. I think if you offered Jay Crowder and a first round pick for Jordan Clarkson right now, and the reason why is because the Utah Jazz don't want to win basketball games, and Jordan Clarkson can help them win basketball games. They're trying to get one by Yamba. Uh, they're like they're trying to put themselves in a position to get one of those two kids, and I think that they would trade Jordan Clarkson for Jay Crowder and a first round pick now. You know, you know the people I'm talking to, and 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 garnering this information. The Suns have not inquired about Jordan Clarkson, but if they did, I think that there's a chance that they'd be able to get him. Why haven't they inquired about him? And he does make about 13, 14 million to be a free agent next year. He's got a player option. If he opts out, then you got to figure out if you're going to pay him or not. I don't know. Are they not looking for a one year guy? Are they looking for a, for a, more, a guy that's more settled with more years? I, I mean, I, I think with the, with the window now, the Chris Paul window. If we just talk about window 
though, number one, yeah. that's a guy that comes in and gives you scoring off the bench. I am floored right now that this season is going to start a week from today, and they don't have a player. And Jay Crowder is in limbo. He doesn't have a team to go to, and they don't have a player to replace him. I'm almost floored by that because... Like I, I think there was a little bit of a the clock was ticking on on making a trade here. I thought so too because it it uh, look is it possible? I, I don't want to rule out the idea that the season starts and Jay Crowder is just told to stay home until they until they facilitate some sort of a deal. I mean it, it's not it's not oh, ideal for anybody. It's not, not ideal for Jay. I mean he wants to get out there and play so he can start earning his next contract. It's not ideal for the Suns because a I think they're better off with Jay here, and if that's not going to be an option, then they're certainly better off getting something for Jay that can help them win right now in this short window. Um, th- this whole story really does have me baffled. It, it really does. It, and and through it all, I keep saying this, and, and I know it's a pipe dream. I keep hoping that there will be some last minute sort of uh, olive branch, you know, something that that preserves the relationship because I, I think they're better with him. I think he brings things they still need and. And he would make that bench look a whole lot better. The Suns are. Do you are, really think that's a possibility? No, I don't. I, know. I, I, I don't. I, I, it's a pipe dream. It, yeah, it's a pipe dream. No, I don't think it's a possibility. I, I, I think it's. I want to believe it. You know, like I want to believe that you know I'm going to go home and check the mail, and randomly there's going to be some check that is just in my mailbox for some random reason. Publishers clearinghouse shows up, knocks on your door. You know, and we we overcharged you, kind of like when you're playing Monopoly, you got overcharged for your insurance this month. Here's a check for three hundred dollars. You know, I I I I I hope for Jay Crowder to stay the way I hope for something like that to happen, right? Like a card in Monopoly. No, I don't think it's going to happen. And so if it's not going to happen. Let's get on with this because I I just I, I understand patience and I understand waiting and I understand if the deal's not there you can't force the deal but Let's I, I just about think that it's untenable that for them to start the season with him on the roster and not playing I really do. You, you may there may not be many trades out there that you could win here. There may not be many that you could win, but it does seem like they're trying to make sure that they get a player that can come in and help them right now. When is James Jones ever concerned with winning a trade though? That's he, the thing. He's, he's not, concerned about putting the best roster right. out there. He, he's, now, the he's, re- the re- just about every trade he's made, he's at first glance lost. Right. Other than Chris Paul, like remember the Cam Johnson, Dario Sharks, everybody ripped him for that. They're like, what are you doing? That trade's horrible value. He loses trades a lot because he knows what players fit his system better than anybody else's. He doesn't mind losing a trade on the surface because yeah. even though the player coming in might be a lesser guy, he knows that guy fits his system. James is not a I need the best player. He he's more of I need the best fit. Yes. What, that's, that's what it. guy will work best with my team, not which guy is the best player, because sometimes the best player does doesn't fit with your team. You know, you don't want to you get the best player might be a ball dominant guy. You don't need a ball dominant guy. Okay, but the best fit may be a guy that's not as good as the ball dominant guy, but he fits what the Suns want because he shoots and he plays defense. So for him, for James Jones, it's not about the best player. It is about the best fit. So he might be holding out to get the best fit. I'm just again, this is three weeks. Monday's three weeks, right? Three weeks since um media day. Monday will be three weeks. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think it's three weeks. Think right. So for me, it's like I, I'm you know and and we knew about 
God, it's Sunday. So Sunday will be three weeks since we knew Jay Crowder wasn't going to be yeah, three weeks. part of the organization. Uh, I can't believe that it's taken three weeks to make a trade for a guy that's only making $10 I, million. I dollars. it was going to take a week. I really didn't. I didn't. And I thought it would be done by the end of the week. I, I thought it was, too. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that it hasn't happened yet, we'll see. We're six days out from the Suns opener when they take on the Mavs next Wednesday at Footprint Center. And we will be there live doing the show. We're going to be there live. Aaron Burns and Yambo. Mm-hmm. When we come back, if you're trying to pick the winner of Cardinal Seahawks, good luck. Might be a little harder than you think, and we'll tell you why next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo show on this Thursday. Thanks, as always, for hanging out with us. The uh, writers at Sports Illustrated, Albert Breer, Connor Orr, their other editors of their uh, NFL department, picking all their winners for this weekend's game. And just we'll get into some of them here in a minute and probably more so even tomorrow. I'll tell you right now. This is a heck of a weekend in the NFL. There are some really intriguing, good games. Not tonight. <laughs> not, not tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. Nothing to see here. But I, I was going through the games. I'm like, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's really good. It's just like right. the whole the whole weekend. Um, five of them, and three of them picked Seattle to beat the Cardinals. I'm surprised at... I don't know if I should be. So the Cardinals played a really good game last week, you know, and in, in, in the grand scheme of things, outside of the slow start, they took a Philadelphia Eagles team that's the only undefeated team in the league, and they had them on the ropes. Had them on the ropes. Amendola kicks the field goal, they may win the game. Well, they have 300 and something yards after the first quarter, right? 300 and something yards Their of last offense. five drives, 300 yards. Right. Yeah. They shut down A.J. Brown. Hurts did not throw a touchdown pass. And Seattle's defense is getting torched left and right. I'm surprised that so many people are having a hard time picking this game. I really, I, 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 you would think that Arizona is the clear favorite here. Like when we do our Cardinals by a little, Cardinals by a lot, Seattle by a little, Seattle by a lot. This might be the one game I go Cardinals by a lot because I think that they can really open it up here. This defense is trash on Seattle. It's just trash. And like I said, the Cardinals problems are fixable. I don't think Seattle's are. I think the Cardinals problems at the first quarter are fixable. What's the proof? They spent 300 yards after the first quarter against yeah. the Eagles. There's nothing that gives you hope that Seattle's defense is all of a sudden turn it around and be a top 10 defense. They're terrible. No. They it, can't tackle. They can't stop the run. They can't stop explosive plays. I'm surprised that a lot of people think that this is a closer game. I'm not only because I think everyone's just getting hypnotized by Geno Smith right now. And, and, and why not? It's a hypnotizing story. We had Brock Heward on the show earlier. He, he Apparently, they've been talking about this in Seattle because Pete Carroll mentioned the name Rich Gannon as kind of what I the comp that. is yeah, to Geno up. Smith. Like, like I guess Pete Carroll said Rich Gannon, and, and you and I were looking for a comp earlier today. Yeah, we had a listener say one of Rich our, Gannon. Yeah, one of our listeners said Rich Gannon. Know? That's the comp. I'm like, what do you know? That That is the comp. I, I think I think a couple things a couple things are happening here. I think which is what's making this game difficult to pick. Number one is the Geno Smith thing. Everything, Everybody's just hypnotized by the start that he's off to. Number two, and I mentioned this with Brock, i got to imagine as much as we here in Arizona are looking at this matchup and saying, man, what a game for Arizona's offense to get right. Man, look at that Seattle defense. It's trash. They can't stop anybody. Everybody's running all over them. Look at it from Seattle's perspective. Yeah, what are they saying? Their defense is going, they don't have James Conner. 
They don't have Daryl Williams. They don't have D-Hop. They're, they don't have D-Hop. They're down to their third string running back. Kyler's throwing for four yards of pop-hop. Kyler's barely throwing the ball down the field. He doesn't they, run. He doesn't run. They haven't scored a point in the first quarter. I imagine and the field goal kicker is some guy named Matt Amendola who missed a 43-yarder. I imagine the Seattle defense okay, is kind of right, looking no. at this game like, this is our get-right game. This is the game where, okay, some of the, th- the leaks that we've sprung, this is the game where we fix them because we're taking it offense it's missing a whole I mean I I didn't even get into the injury report let me just bring this up real quick because in addition to what we mentioned earlier about James Connor and not being sure whether he's going to ready to be ready to play there were other guys and I'm just here it is right here sorry I was a little slow pulling this up did not practice today James Connor did not practice Rodney Hudson did not practice Daryl Williams did not practice uh, Max Garcia was limited Dennis Gardeck was limited Sean Harlow again was limited now Harlow's the backup to Rodney Hudson yeah. at center. Right. Okay, so if Rodney Hudson... And Cody Ford's not ready yet, Cody right? Ford's still not ready. Uh, Justin Pugh was limited again. And he always plays. Uh, and he usually does. DJ Humphreys was limited. He usually plays. But I imagine Seattle's defense kind of looking at the Cardinals' offense like, okay, this is our get-right game, boys. This this is where we really okay, we, we figure it out. I you know, I can see that. Now, yeah, we can't stop the run, but they their main top two running backs are out. So, in, we, so it should be... Good for us. But I in get fairness it. to the Cardinals, I, I mean, look, every offense the D, the Seattle defense has played so far this year has been missing guys. Oh, well, every yeah. New, New Orleans, Orleans was missing everybody. Thomas, the starting quarterback, Winston, uh, Dalton came in and played well. Lions were missing uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Brown. He yep. was out. He was uh, out. DeAndre Swift was out in that game. So Seattle doesn't even have the benefit of saying, yeah, we've yeah we've gotten gashed, but by teams playing at their best. Yeah, no, the, every team he played was missing a bunch of dudes. So I don't know. I still think it's advantage Cardinals. I think the Cardinals win. I don't know if I'm going to go by a lot, but I certainly think they win this game. I, I think they win this game. I I think that part of the reason why I don't feel bad is I like we like Eno Benjamin, right? Like Eno Benjamin's, we think he's talented. We think that he could have a good game. Yeah, you'll miss James Conner, but if Kyler Murray runs more and Eno is everything that they've talked about him being for the last couple of years, I think they're going to be able to run the ball against them. But I am surprised, again, I am surprised that when you look at all the picks, 27-23, 23-21, 28-25, I mean, most, nobody's taking a real shot here and saying, Cardinals are going to kick their ass, or Seattle's going to score 40 on them, and the Cardinals aren't going to keep up. You're not seeing anybody, like, go out on a limb and, and say either one of these teams is going to win the game big. Yeah, no, you're not a, a, at all. And, you know, now it flips to Arizona's defense, their ability to limit Geno, their ability to limit Seattle's offense, which she's been playing at such a high level. It's going to be another good test for the Seattle defense. You're going to hear from Vance Joseph just coming up in a couple of minutes right now. I I, I mentioned it, so I'll go ahead and bring it up right now okay. just as a little teaser for some of the games coming up this weekend. Oh, one other thing to mention, too, about the importance of this game, and you brought this up in your email to everybody earlier, and you're right. Look at the rest of the NFC West. The Rams are taking on the Panthers. Yep, easy game. So easy game for them. Easy game. Look at the 49ers. Uh, The 49ers are taking on the Falcons. This is a this is a this is a keep up game. This is a keep up game. This is a keep up game. Somebody either Seattle or Arizona is going to fall behind the eight ball because you cannot expect that either the Rams or the 49ers will lose this week. They're playing weaker opponents. I mean, Carolina. Now listen, we'll see with Carolina. Right now, okay. The the one thing that may motivate them is you know rules out. Steve Wilkes is in. 
guys are going to have an opportunity. Sometimes you see a little bit of a jolt when you have a coaching change where some guys, hey, I got an opportunity here to win this coach over and prove that I deserve my playing time. And you're going to have a new quarterback because Baker's out and this guy's going to want to prove himself. And so you may have like, I don't think that they'll win, but you may see them play really, really hard because it's a new coach and everybody's got a little bit of fresh blood to try to go out there and play well. The three games to really keep an eye on this weekend that have nothing to do with the NFC West. The Ravens at the New York Giants. Baltimore's 3-2. and two, New York is 4-1. and one. A lot of people are talking about Brian Dabble as the coach of the year right I, now. I, we'll I, see if that keeps up. He would be a guy who'd get my vote. And of course, Wink Martindale, former defensive coordinator for Baltimore, now with New York. So there's that. The game of the weekend. Kansas City, Kansas City and Buffalo. Rematch so, of the January playoff Unfortunately, game. it's on at the same time as the Cardinal Seahawks. So there's a little, you know, two TV action maybe going on when it comes to that one. If you've got such a setup for it, because that's going to be a great game. And then I, I am oddly fired up about the Sunday night game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the and Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. That's one of those. Okay. Where's um, that game at? Uh, that game is in Philadelphia. They're not losing at home to Dallas. I tend to not think so either. If they're going to lose a game, that could be the one. Dallas's defense is, oh, oh my God. Cooper Rush starting again, right? Yes, Cooper Rush is starting again. Micah Parsons. Wow. I'll stay. I'll say Philly wins. Wow. Like they, I they think hate Dallas. Philly probably wins, too, um, because it's at home. But, yeah, I mean, those. And there are some other intriguing games, too. The Bengals taking on the Saints, kind of into the Vikings and the Dolphins. Dolphins going with their third-string quarterback. How about this unusual matchup of two three-and-two teams? The Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. Two, three, and two football teams. Okay. <laughs> right after the Packers lost to the Giants? Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, I think that the Jets and the Giants are both above 500 at the same time for like the first time in seven years, I think, is the stat I saw. Oh, yeah. The weekend. It's been, it's it's been, been a been long bad. time. What know? is that? When the, the, the Dallas-Philly game is when? Sunday night. That's the Sunday night game. Like, I, it, like it's going to be cold. Yeah. At nighttime? Like, it'll, like, it, it, it'll be cold. It'll be a fun game. Night times get cold around like you know late October, early November. No, it's the uh, yeah Eagles Cowboys is Sunday night football. Sunday night, yeah. It'll, like either way, if it's a night game, it'll be. Oh no, he, Mitch has asked me if that was the Monday night game. I can't remember what the Monday. Night, oh, the Monday night's Chargers, Raiders, Chargers Broncos. I think right. Yeah, this is like their fourth primetime game in six weeks. Why? Yeah, yeah. I I get to see the Broncos again, again on primetime. Yay! Woo! Can they change quarterbacks already? (laughs) When we come back, Vance Joseph, what is the next step for your overachieving defense to take? We'll hear from him next on the Burns and Gambo Show.